Hello, and welcome to New Hope Christian Fellowship with Pastor John Gilbert. Again, and we had the barbecue with Annie. Steve, you should have been there, mate. Oh, I'm sorry to hear. We were living it up. <laughs> it was wonderful. Do you know, I was working, I, I got to work in Bournemouth on Thursday. I was, in, I was in Southampton on Wednesday for the day, working very hard. And I was asked to go to Bournemouth on Thursday and Friday. I worked so hard. I've got a blister on my hand here. All right, it really hurts me. This morning, it was hurting me so much. I looked at it, I thought, Lord, you had a nail through your hand, and I've got a blister in mine. It just doesn't compare, does it? So I won't complain about that. And this thumbnail, the first job I did on Thursday down in Bournemouth, I was taking up these floor tiles in a kitchen and I got this hammer and chisel. I went to hit the chisel and my thumbnail caught the tile and ripped my thumbnail back. I had a pair of safety gloves on as well. God, it hurt me. Anyway... I was living it up in Bournemouth at work. You know when you go in a loft, some of the men here will know what I'm talking about. It was quite hot down there. So I was working in a pair of shorts because the day before I, I sweated so much, my whole t-shirt was wringing wet with sweat. So I just took it off and worked with a bare chest, as you do. And um, I'm a bit of a hairy man, right? So I went in the loft of this bungalow, which was like this loft. It was so hot up there, because you couldn't have a T-shirt on, but you should have safety clothes, like a boiler suit or something, because you've got all this insulation. You know what I mean, Michael? Dearie me, I forgot what I was doing. And I was rolling all this insulation up and throwing it to the side of the roof so I could lay down these floor panels. Well, if you know this insulation, it goes in the air, doesn't it? And guess, do you know where it settled? On my hairy chest and on my hairy back. And then afterwards, I was so itchy. I was so itchy. I was going up to the door frame like that, right? I was itching all over, I thought, do you know, and I was ready to drive home to Hemel from Bournemouth I said to myself I can't drive home itching like this it's just going to be crazy so I thought what's the best thing to do I said to myself I know what to do I'm going to drive down to the seaside which was about a mile away I'm going to go on the beach I'm going to lie down in the sand and wiggle like a worm <laughs> I was wiggling like a worm and all these people were watching me, laughing their heads off. <laughs> and then after that, I swam in the sea, and the waves, you know how the waves come, and I thought, I'll oh, jump in the waves, and that will wash me. And I came out, I wasn't itching anymore. So praise the Lord. I want to tell you something. Um, a group of us went to South End yesterday, and, and as you can see, Karen's got one of these wheelie things, right? And Big Dave came, Karen came, and Janet came. And all three of them have got one of those. 
And all week I was stressing out, I was worried about this trip because we had a nine-seater minibus. And uh, I was thinking about it, I thought, you know, there's seven of us, we're going to get in a nine-seater, we've got three of these trolleys, we've got to get them in there, and I thought, where are they going to be? We're going to have to tuck them down the aisles, you know, in the minibus. So that's what I was thinking, I thought, shall I get a big one, shall I get the... I was really scratching my head, that's why I've got no hair on my head, I keep scratching my head, thinking about it, and I was worried about it, and I told my friend Alan about it, he said, you'll be all right, you'll be all right. And lo and behold, when I got to the hire company yesterday morning early, the Lord went before us because he said, Mark his name is, he's a very nice chap, Paul, Paul's met him, he, 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 he runs this business, and he said, um, oh, he said, we, we, we're not giving you the economy one anymore, we're going to upgrade you and give you a better one. And I thought, this sounds good. Always sounds good when they say that. And when I went out to look at this minibus, my, my jaw hit the floor, right, because the tailgate, you lift the tailgate, and there's a big, it's a whole square metre. You can get half a dozen of those in the back. So if you're ever thinking of getting a Zimmer with wheels, don't worry, I'll take you out, all right, in the minibus. And there was plenty of room, wasn't there, Karen? And I, I was just so happy, really happy I was. It's like a giant limo. So um, bless the Lord that we worry about things, but God goes before us and prepares the way. You know what I mean? So anyway, I just wanted to share that with you because sometimes we, sh why worry? He knows what we need and he will supply all, of it, all our needs according to his riches in glory. Should we? Oh yeah, yeah, Liam. We were on a supersonic train. It goes at lightning speed down the the pier, doesn't it, Liam? About ten miles an hour it does, right? Very good, wasn't it? Dominic thought we was in a different country when we got to the end of the pier, didn't you, Dom? It is that good. I'm telling you, it's that good. Even the ice cream tastes better. <laughs> Lord, we do thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the Sunday service and we ask you to bless these words in Jesus' name. The title, Dominic, is The Revival That We Need. Turn with me to Psalm 80. Five. Psalm 85 there's an <coughs> there's a little verse here which sums up what we need verse 6 just a little verse an obscure verse and it says this will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you. Well, we live in a very unusual time, and in the light of the times that we live, we all need, as mature Christians, because most of us are mature Christians, we need revival. And I used to think that a revival would just sort of happen accidentally sometime 
Uh, God will pour out his spirit as he did in the, the Acts of the Apostles. I thought this would be a common thing at some point over the years. Yeah, you know, I've been a Christian 33 years. And I thought that this would happen at some point supernaturally and I, all of a sudden all the churches would be full up for some reason and, and would be overflowing. Now, I kind of got this in my head that this is what a revival would be like. But my views changed because the thing is we need revival. We're like dead men walking sometimes. We're, we're like those bones in the graveyard. We're just lying around waiting for something to happen. And those dead bones aren't doing anything. They're just lying around. And sometimes us believers ain't doing anything. We're, we're waiting for something to happen. Maybe we're waiting for the rapture, for Jesus to take us to heaven. Maybe we're waiting for someone else to entertain us in the, the service or something like that. Maybe we've lost our faith. Maybe we've given ourselves over to unbelief and thought that nothing will ever change. It will always be the same. It will always, I don't know, be mediocre, mundane, boring, you know. We lose the vision. We lose the enthusiasm. We lose the encouragement. We lose the pat on the back with someone saying, come on, bruv, you're going to make it. We lose it because maybe we get complacent. Someone said, revival is God at work restoring his church to health. Like the individual, we need to be made healthy again, you know? Charles Finney said, it's the church. Revival is the church returning to its first love. You know that passage to the Ephesian church? They gave up their first love. Do you remember in the book of Revelation, chapter 2 or 3, I think it is? But... Um, Charles Finney said it's the church returning to its first love re resulting in the conversion of sinners. And I thought about this. And I thought, you know, to me, revival is when I, when I do something for God that I've never done before. You know what I mean? I'm sure there's something that you could do. Or it's, this is me thinking, it's something that I've stopped doing. I've given up. Whether it's street preaching, whether it's a time of prayer, you know, devotional prayer for, for brothers and sisters. You know, what have I stopped doing for Jesus? Have I become half-hearted and lukewarm? Like the, the word of God says the ladies see in church are a bunch of lukewarm people. And, and if they are, and if we are, we need revival, don't we? I think we do. We need that pat on the back. We need that encouraging word. We need revival today, don't we? Yes. Not tomorrow. <laughs> so let's, 
look at the first point and my first point is this revival we need we need a revival that resurrects the church or churches revival means a return to life you know a heroin addict you know what a heroin addict is don't you they they want a shot in the arm they want some sort of substance called heroin they put it in a syringe they look for a vein shove it in there and they get a bit high that's what they do and did you know i'm not trying to encourage anybody to do this by the way you know what i'm saying yeah this is true this is true someone says here have a bit of this this will wake you up so they have a bit and it wow man cool i'm spaced out that's the sort of feeling they do it once they do it twice they do it half a dozen times and they get high after that guess what they don't get high anymore they get depressed they get this thing called gouging out you know you've seen these people in the car park or down the town they're standing there like a zombie have you seen them it's called spice you heard of spice not the spice girls spice the drug they're like that they need revival there's christians like that they're standing there you'd do a google on your telephone and look at someone who's on spice you'd be amazed anyway this is true these heroin people when they stop getting high they just take the heroin to be normal that's what they do they just want to be normal and they keep taking it so that they, you can have a conversation with them how sad let us christians not get to a point where we're useless we're useless we're no good for nothing do you remember the saying jesus said when salt loses its saltiness what do you do with it throw it out no good for nothing jackie you throw it out and people walk on it trample it under feet we don't want to become salt that's lost its savor do we if you are if you are you need revival you need a bit of sprinkling of the salt of the word of god that's what you need you need to return to the life of resurrection remember lazarus he was the brother of mary and martha and he found himself ill and he died and they buried him and he was in the grave four days who came along the lord jesus rose him from the dead he came out of that tomb out of the grave he was walking talking believing he even had dinner with jesus at a pharisee's house sometime after if jesus can do that to lazarus can he not do it to a church yes he can and if the prophet was asked to go to the graveyard and see all these bones not the great the valley 
of the dry bones. And God is asking the prophet, can these dead bones live? Ah, sovereign Lord, only you know that. God knows how, he's talking about the nation of Israel. God knows how to revive a nation. And here we are, 20 people, if that. God can revive us. God can revive you. God can put his life into you. He can breathe his spirit upon you. And we know, as I've just said, the prophet Ezekiel, God gave him a vision. And he saw the dry bones, the sinews. He saw them come into life. How incredible is that? When I was a younger man, not so long ago, I remember I used to watch movies. And there, there was a movie once called The Mummy. Anybody seen that movie called The Mummy? And there was this, this mummy was, a, you know, a mummy's in a, been in a tomb for 2,000 years, 3,000 years, you know what I'm talking about. And there, this somebody did something and this mummy came back to life. Do you remember that? And little by little there was flesh going on the bones of this mummy. It was quite a creepy film, you know. I enjoyed the action. But anyway, this is what I'm talking about. God wants to put life, the life of God, into us. And just as God breathed into Adam the breath of life, he wants to breathe the breath of life back into us. I mean, we've had it. You've had it. Do you remember when you first became a believer? Like walking on air. He's really there. God's really there. Remember them days. Can it be done again? Can it happen again? Can God breathe his life, his breath of life into us? Can the passage of this scripture come true? Well, I think, I think this is a vision. This is a picture of the future. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking the church has been raptured. The church has been raptured. And Israel is still here. And they're looking around. The dry bones. This is my understanding, my interpretation. I could be wrong, people. I'm not preaching on, you know, this is definitely the thing. But I, my, my thoughts are that God will revive his people. At the moment, he set them aside. At the moment, he's making them jealous by bringing us in. Isn't that wonderful? This is a gift of God to us, the Gentiles, that we can have a relationship with Almighty God. He's called us in. And he set them aside for a while, but there'll come a time when he will breathe his life into them. When they say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. God is able to do these things. God is able to awaken the saints. The preacher must sound the alarm. He's got to get us ready. The revival 
to get saints on the move, to get us doing something for God. Someone to bring new vision, new outlook, new understanding. He needs to speak and preach so that the world around us, those that are walking in darkness, would see a great light. That's what the preacher should be doing. That's what we should be doing to one another. Hey? What would happen if this happened? What would happen if this came to pass? What would happen if we got revival? be great wouldn't it we would all be out there witnessing we would all be out there witnessing to our neighbours and preaching to our, our work colleagues and preaching we would all be doing it do you long for this is this what you want in the church in our church or in other churches I like it I think it's great I'm just getting stirred up about it I've never ever preached really about revival I've never really thought about it that much I, as I said as I, in my introduction I thought it would just be like the Acts of the Apostles God is able God is able to consider our dreams and our aspirations God is able to make them a reality we just got to follow through. My second point is that revival rekindles the old fire within. Paul says to Timothy, stir up the gift within you. Huh? Have you got a gift? Have you got a gift within you? Do you know what that gift is? Encouragement? Preaching, Bible study, serving, administrations. Huh? Do we know God has put gifts within us? Is it the ability to worship and to bring the saints into the heavenly presence of the living God? What's that gift that God has put in within us? Let's stir it up. He says in the text, <laughs> go back to the text. What was it? Chapter 85 and verse 6. It says here, Will you not revive us again? That's what it says. It kind of means that you were revived once before. Doesn't it? Will you revive us again? When you, you, your first love in life was Jesus Christ. And nothing else meant anything else to you. You just loved him. You were happy, like Mary, the sister of Martha, you were happy to sit at his feet for hours on end. Even a, a day went past, um, a week went past, a month went past, and you were sitting in the presence of Jesus, not caring about anything else. And your Christian brother and Christian sister is saying, Lord! Jackie's always in your presence at your footstool. What about everything else? You know what I'm saying? Are we worshipping? Or are we complaining? What's our heart? 
the Christian life is made up of many, many beginnings, new beginnings. The Lord says in his word, Behold, I do a new thing. Can God not do a new thing in your life? Can he not stir you up to new things? Can you not remember a better day? A day of dedication? A day of great expectations? A day of a new commitment? A full commitment? Can you not remember a day when you were full of the zeal of the Lord? You know, when Jesus went to the temple and he saw all those people trading doves and, and I don't know, you know, I, I imagine some sort of marketplace like Wembley Stadium. You know, when you, if you've been at Wembley, you remember we had the World Cup recently and you probably got all these traders selling football hats and scarves and Union Jack banners and things like that. Do you know what I'm saying? You know, there's probably people thinking, do you know, these people like coming to the temple. Tell you what, let's do some temple fish magnets, yeah? You know, and they were probably selling things like that down in the courtyards of the temple in Jerusalem. People buying their temple fish mag magnet. And, did I say fish magnet? Why did I say that? People were buying these sort of fridge magnets, you know, sticking them on their Jerusalem fridge at home, whatever that is. They were coming up with these merchandise because they were wheeler-dealers like Del Boy. Jesus didn't like it, so he made the whip out of the cords, turned over the tables, and got them out of the temple. And the disciples said, they remembered the passage of scripture in the Old Testament where it says, zeal for your house has done what? You don't know. You don't know. We're going to have to go back to Sunday school. Zeal for your house has consumed me. That's what it said. Has the zeal of the Lord consumed you? If it hasn't, you need revival. You need a shot in the arm of revival. You know what I'm saying? Paul said, this is terrible. This is a terrible thing for someone to say something like, what I'm going to say to you. Paul said to the Galatian church, he said to them, you did run well. That was a comment he used in his letter. You did run well. What he's basically saying, what's happened? There was a point in your life, Galatians, where you were running marvellously. And he said somewhere else, who bewitched you? Do you know the passage? Without me looking all these passages up. Who tripped you up? Who stuck their foot out and tripped you over? You did run well. But what happened? You took your eye off the ball. That's a sharp thing to say to a... What if I said that... It's, what if I investigated each and every one of you and said, come on, tell me what's going on in your Christian life. Write it down. I want to read it. You got anything to write? Well, what if I said that to you? And you and every one of us. You say, 
Well, John, you're picking on me, mate. I don't like it. Well, you did run well once, but what happened? Well, we need reviving again, don't we? And who are we going to go to to ask for that? The Lord. He is able to breathe his breath of life upon you. All of us. He is able to save us. He is able to resurrect us. He is able to do it all. Do you remember that day when you got excited? I mean, David was walking past the shops. He went shopping and he walked past and he didn't have a care in the world and Steve Bland stuck his head out and says, Do you know Jesus Christ? Hey, he loves you. And, and, what? Pardon? Who? What? When? Where? He's been here ever since. Praise the Lord. We need somebody to speak to us that's going to arrest our attention. Don't we? And we need that enthusiasm to revive us so that we can speak the same words into someone else's life. Don't we? Oh, come on. Was there a day when you were sold out to Jesus? Was there a day when you did run well? May it runs well every day. I can't keep up. Look, on Friday, on Friday, me and Alan, our friend John Palmer said to us, I'm leaving at six o'clock because if I leave Bournemouth at six o'clock, right, it's a straight runner all the way home, right? It's two hours, two and a quarter hours, something like that, depending on putting your foot down. Now, the thing is, I said to Alan, we, we finished work quarter five. I said, look, I'm going down the beach because I'm itching all over. I want to jump in the sea. And I thought, I'll, I'll kill a bit of time. I'll roll around in the sand and all of that, right? Get this itchy stuff off me. And then we'll be ready to go at six o'clock. It was five past six. We got on the road. It was an open road. It was lovely till we got to the M25. On the way up the M3, getting to the M25, look, lane closure, accident. Oh no, you know, I was hoping to get home by half eight. Got home at half nine, an extra hour. Now the point is, we're all on a journey. We're all going somewhere. We want to go to glory, right? But the thing is, you're preparing yourself for the journey, right? You you're navigating your way to heaven, right? You get a roadblock. There's been an accident. And your journey comes to a halt. That could have happened two years ago. That could have happened five years ago. You, your spiritual life, you hit a roadblock. You understand? Somebody could have offended you three, four, five, ten years ago and you ain't got over it. And you could be in the bitterness of unforgiveness and thinking you're coming here every week, eh? I think you're full of like ungodliness towards something or someone or somewhere. You understand me? And that stopped your progress in following Jesus. But you've got friendship with people in the church because we got used to it. It's a habit, isn't it? 
It's such a habit, habitual thing that we just come here to warm up the chair and say, all right, Nika, how are you doing? See you next week, love. We need revival. And if there's a roadblock, if there's a hindrance, let's get it out of the way and let's move on. Let's be revived. Can you do it? Let's move on. Last, no, it's not the last point. It's the second from last point. We need a revival that rebuilds broken relationships. That's what I'm talking about. The reason why I'm saying this is because we go back to the verse, which is a very short verse. It's not a long passage. It says, We will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you so what he's saying he says God has a people God doesn't just have a person he's got a people which is plural isn't it more than one something like that not just a person some of us think we're on our own some of us think that's it, it's just me and Jesus and I'm on my way to heaven. I don't care about anybody else. I'm not getting involved. I'm not mucking in with you. I'm not mucking in with her. I'm just on my own, mate. I'm just doing my own thing. Right? God doesn't want us isolated. He wants us to need each other. He wants us to want each other. He wants us to be a people, not a person. We're the church, aren't we? That's what God wants. He says, it says it in the word, that God commands a blessing when the people of God dwell together in unity, doesn't it? I think you understand. We need to share. We need to care. We need to walk together, don't we? Yeah, I think it's good. That's what? Thank you. We read a little passage from the early church, didn't we? And it says that the people had fellowship. They spent time with the apostles' doctrine. They broke bread together. They went from house to house. Yeah, they did things together. And it's important that we do that. Perhaps we sort of narrowed our vision. Instead of it being out there, it's gone down to that. It's just like, what can I see? All I can see is, all I can see is that. Oh, there's an empty chair there. I think I love that chair. God wants us to broaden our vision. That's what Jabez said when he prayed, Oh Lord, that you might bless me and enlarge my borders. You know that prayer from Chronicles. That's what God wants us to do. Yes? Amen. Come on, last point, I'm moving on. We need a revival that restores our Christian joy. That's what we need don't we the greatest thing of all we need that joy of the Lord because there's so many defeated Christians 
And, and I, I've been like this at times. I get down. I've got to encourage myself. I've got to build myself up in the Holy Ghost and encourage myself. There are many, many defeated Christians walking around. They're not walking around in victory. They're walking around defeated. We like to hear about stories of these warriors, don't we? You know, one of the warriors that came out in the movie about 25 years ago was William Wallace. Remember Braveheart? You saw that film, I bet you was like, oh yeah, get in there, mate. Yeah? You like a bit of gladiator. You like a bit of that. Well, you can be, you can be God's Braveheart. You can be God's gladiator. You don't have to be a defeated Christian. You can be a victorious Christian. I like the sound of that. Remember the words of... Who was his name? William... William Churchill. Winston Churchill. We will fight them. On the beaches, in the air, on the sea, we will have victory. Yes? At all costs. Huh? Victory. I like that. And it stirred up the nation people. It stirred up Great Britain to fight against the Nazis. And hopefully German people won't get upset with me when I say this. But anyway, we don't want to be cranky Christians, do we? Any cranky Christians here, Carol? I hope not. I hope not. I hope I'm not one. <laughs> Do we want discouraged Christians here? Anyone discouraged? Say now or forever hold your peace. We want to be those that are encouraging one another daily. That's why it was Barnabas. And his name means son of encouragement, doesn't it? Do we want any backslidden Christians here today? No? And what are you going to do if you are backslidden? Sort your life out. You going to sort your life out? It's good news, people. God wants us. Peter said, "Repent and believe," or he said, "Repent and be baptized, every one of you, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost." And that's what we want—the breath of God to be breathed into us. Yes? You can look up Nehemiah 8.10. Do you know what it says? The joy of the Lord is my strength. How can you get the joy of the Lord? Shall I tell you? Start praising the Lord. Start singing praises unto God. Whatever you're doing, whether you're cleaning the tiles on the bathroom wall at home or cleaning the bathroom mirror, or washing up. Whatever you're doing, if you start praising God, guess what's happening? The joy of the Lord will come upon you. I was working the other day, last Monday, outside Markham House. Paul knows Markham House. And I, there's a bus, there's two bus stops right outside this big building. And guess what people do at the bus stop? They wait for buses, don't they? Yeah. 
Yeah, they get their bus pass out. <laughs> they sit on the bench. They sit on the bench and they watch your work. That's what they do. They're watching your work. And I'm sweeping up. We were cutting the, the shrubs. Yeah, we're cutting the shrubs. And I knew people were watching us. So I start singing praises to the Lord. Sing praises unto God. Sing praises. Sing praises unto God. Sing praises. I'm working away singing and praising the Lord. And then behind me I hear, Praise the Lord. And I look around and there's a Filipina lady called Susan. And there she is. Are you a believer, aren't you? She says. She's a retired nurse. And there she is. She was quite down, you know. I said, Hello. I said, how are you? She said, I'm all right. I can hear you praising the Lord, she says. Because I was happy. And because I was praising the Lord, it made me even happier. You understand? That's all you got to do. If you're not happy, praise the Lord. Go somewhere where no one knows you and praise the Lord. And you will make friends just like that. Wouldn't you? Hey? Go to a bus stop. Start praising the Lord. Get on the bus and start praising the Lord. You like that? Anyway, Susan told me she lost her husband of pancreatic cancer. He was only 62. And she lives here. She spent 25 years in Italy. She knows the Italians, you know. She knows how to cook pizza, you know. But I found a friend. She said, where'd you come from? I said, I'm from Hemel Hempstead. She wanted to come to our church, but she's living down there in, in Wokingham. You know, and I, thought, I, thought, I could see she was carrying the booklet, the Word of the Word of God, daily, daily bread, something like that. But there we go. If you're looking for a friend, if you think that everything's against you, you just go out there and praise the Lord. And God will bring people your way that you can witness to. Hey, what are you going to do this next week? You're going to praise the Lord, aren't you? And then when you do, the joy of the Lord will be your strength. And you will be surprised what God opens up to you. Do you understand me? Well, let's wrap it up. I pray that God will put a new song in your heart. I pray that that will happen to each and every one of you. And just remember, as you go home today, what did I say? I'm going to tell you. Just remember this. God is calling me, that's you, to revival. That's what God's calling you to. He wants to revive your heart. He wants to stir up that gift that he put in you many, 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 many years ago that has lied dormant. He wants to resurrect it just like he resurrected Lazarus. Remember what? After Lazarus was resurrected, he was a witness to everybody he met. You think about it. The people wanted to kill him because he was an embarrassment to everybody because he was alive who had been dead. Well, if we, we've lost that spark, if the light of God and the salt of God in our life has lost its flavour and the light is dimming, 
We want God to light it up. We want God to revive that salt within us. God is calling you to revival. And he's not going to do it. He will do it tomorrow, but he's doing it today first. Right? May the Lord put a new song in your life. And I'll tell you what, as a result of that, guess what's going to happen? Do you want to know? He's going to call you to higher ground. That's what he's going to do. He's going to call you to higher ground because a city on a hill cannot be hid. Ever, anyone who lights a light, they don't hide it under the bed. They put it out in the open so that everybody can see what's going on. And God will do that with you wherever you are, whatever you're doing, wherever you're going, revival will go with you. Father, we just thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the gift that you've put within us. We thank you for stirring us up this morning, Lord. And we thank you that you can do all things, Lord. You can change our outlook. You can give us vision. You can give us words to preach. You can put the life of Christ within our hearts. And all we're going to say is, Hallelujah! Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's sing our last song. May it Thank you for joining us today. We meet at Grove Hill Community Center at 11.30 p.m. in Hemel Hempstead. God bless you.